Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Knicks Podcast, where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA. I'm Jason Talbot here on this Thursday morning, following the Knicks' first game. And with me, of course, is Marcus Chinqui. Marcus, how the hell are ya? Oh, uh, not bad. Not great, if you saw the game. But, you know, it's it's early. We had we had time to let that first game settle in a little bit, and now, you know, we're we're up. We're talking about it. How do you feel? I'm kind of with you. I'm I'm not as down as one would think coming off a pretty disappointing loss. Yeah. But it's one game. We saw flashes. You know, you saw signs of good things, but you knew what was going to happen in those last like ten minutes. Yeah, we had said on the last cast about the one one of the main things that we worry about the Knicks is down the stretch. How are they going to react? And we talked about ball movement. Got to keep the ball moving because that's typically what goes wrong with the Knicks. Close games, get down to the end, and it's just ball stopping, ball stopping. And that's exactly what happened. The Spurs went on an 18-0 run in the fourth quarter. And it just hurt so much because we knew we're texting each other. Just like we knew this was going to happen. As soon as you said, are they going to win? I was like, (laughs) that's literally exactly when it all changed. (laughs) I knew that was going to make you mad. I was just like, you know, I'm a superstitious guy. I don't like to put anything out in the universe until it's not done until it's done. And it's just it. It just felt like the perfect time to send it because I knew, okay, this is this is going to be a turning point right now. This is where we're going to find out if the Knicks are actually going to compete to maybe win this game or not. And, and you want to you want to know? I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there. What what part of the uh, turning point was? Frank came into the game. Oh, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> Don't somehow you would find a way to try to put this game on Frank. I mean, he played three minutes, dude. He but what, but what happened in those three minutes? minutes? Okay, well, listen, we're going to get into it. Uh, if you really want to blame Frank. I, I, I kind of want to blame him a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. But I want to blame him okay, and I want to blame one other person. The guy who plays three but... minutes. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's... Ah. Uh, it's hard to start here, but let's just start from the beginning of the game. The starting lineup. That was the first thing I wanted to talk to you about. It was as though Fizdale knew something that no one else knew. And I heard that Trier was starting, and I thought to myself, what? Like, why? <laughs> what? Just because, too, Alonzo Trier, the type of player he is, he's a typical guy off the bench give your team some energy he can create his own shot you like him being such a young guy going up against the b squad of the other team where you know he's going to get you some buckets so for him to start there was nothing i saw in preseason that led me to believe like this guy can play point guard uh that was the thing too like in in, i just i don't get it also in preseason that he wasn't i mean they say like he had an okay game in that final game but you know, he missed, what, like three wide-open three-pointers that could have sealed the game. He wasn't really, like, he, a couple offensive fouls. It was like, I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I don't know. I didn't see him making a case to be a starter. But no. it, to the point that we were making is that there was no, there's no, like, sharp shooter out there. 
So they needed a scorer. So that's probably why, that'd be my only guess as to why he was out there with the starting unit. But you saw quick yeah, and, that it wasn't working. Like he yeah, was yanked and, and fast. And if that's Fizdale's reasoning, uh, I, that's just wrong, I, I think. I, 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 I don't get it at all, but I will give Fizdale credit because after that failed experiment, he never went back to it. Yeah, it, it and, and Trier didn't really play, which I don't necessarily think that was the right decision for him not really to play much the rest of the game because after you go with the second half with Alfred Payton coming out there, which I think was one of the big stories of the game, that Payton should be the starting point guard of the New York Knicks for the remainder of the season, no question. And that was... And it's hard to say just from the first game that I can announce that this guy should be the starting point guard for the rest of the season, but you know what? The things I've been saying about Dennis Smith, that this guy's got to show me something, and he showed me exactly who he was last night. Showed you nothing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I hope he gets better as the season goes on, but I kind of like the idea of him coming off the bench instead and trying to grow because he's just a mess, man. He can't play defense and he can't shoot. His at shot all. He looks says he's been so working bad. On his like I don't know what, I don't know what they were working on because it looks worse than it did last year. Like he's releasing on the way down, which is immediately what you're not supposed to do when you're a jump shooter. You got to release at the top of the jump, and so like who, like Alan Houston's not teaching him how to shoot that jumper. I know that much. Yeah, no, because I, I that thing would be a thing of beauty right now. But it's. <laughs> I yeah I don't know what he was yeah, doing. It was but... bad, and I just don't really like his game. I've never been a fan of his, and it's only the first game, so I get it. But would you agree that Peyton has earned himself the starting point guard uh, without a doubt? Easily, easily, and you know he doesn't do a lot off like he's not going to shoot a lot. Like he can hit it if he's open, but. He organized the floor so much better and defensively. Defensively. That, that's what Oof. turned it around. It's like this guy had five picks in the third quarter. And it's like, all right, he knows how to run the fast break. He was getting guys, hitting guys in the right spots. You know, he's, he's, a, he's an established point guard. He's been in the league for a while. They know his game. Just let him play. And yeah. I think, like, like easily that's going to be the uh, – that should be the move going forward. And I guess to who should be the backup, I, I told you, I was calling for Frank because yeah. Dennis Smith looked terrible. Trier, you can't have it. RJ can play some point guard. You saw he could do it a little bit, but he shouldn't be counted on to, to run the floor for long stretches in the game. Yeah. But the way I will say this too, and, and this is what I said on the last podcast, is I. When Frank is out there, I like him out there with another ball handler and a better ball handler, which is why I like the idea of Peyton starting and then having Dennis Smith and Frank being the next rotation of guys that play together. Because I think Frank can help Dennis Smith on the defensive end, having that support. And I think Dennis can help Frank with handling the ball because you saw it like you just said with RJ. That's a great point. I don't like RJ being the point guard, quote-unquote, on the floor by himself. I like RJ out there with a guy like Peyton who handles the ball more because you saw it. Like, 
with both RJ and I would say Frank as well, when they are the main guy to handle the ball, it just, they're not true point guards. Yes, they can run the offense a little bit. They can make some plays They're They can make some good passes. But when you leave it up to them to be that court general on the court, they start making these sloppy passes. They're trying to feed it down low and it's just these soft little dinky passes. And it, it's not pretty. And again, while I like them on the court and I think they have good passing ability, uh, they have good handle. I really like when they have another guy next to them to support them. Um, so all the pressure is not on them. And that's what happened. Frank went in and he was out there with, uh, with Ellington and Frank was playing point. And as much as I like Frank, I don't think that he's ready to play point guard. He's just not. And it proved it this time. And also he hasn't played all game. So now you're putting him in at a, a pivotal point of the game to go in there and run the team. He hasn't played a minute. It just seemed like a really and that was uh, bad coaching that was decision. Bad coaching, but then again, it's like who else do you put in? Because I just, I Frank feel, and Dennis Smith. I feel put like Frank why he in did with it Dennis Smith is because Peyton's a bigger guard. He's a bigger point guard. Sure, and you want to match up what you figure. Oh, okay, he's that size. He's got that those hands and everything on defense. Frank's probably the closest to that that you could swap him out for. But again. He didn't play the entire game. So right. he's coming in cold. He was making bad passes. You know, like and I he saw it with a couple of them. They just like they weren't making like Trier did it too, Dennis Smith did it too. Just not crisp passing. Yeah. It's like they were making it, lazy passes to each other, and that's what got them in trouble so many times. And one thing I'll say, I think part of that is you come into the game, the regular season is not preseason. Regular season's moving quick. You're moving faster. Pace of the game. These guys are on the bench. They come in, and they're just not ready. Uh, so you want to have that support system. And so I didn't like that coaching move. But I'll in this case, again, I will give Fizdale credit because Frank only played three minutes, and he took him right out. So I, I, w- I was happy to see that he was willing to make the quick adjustment. I just wish he would make the right decision right away. Uh, and I would have loved to have seen Frank go out there with Dennis Smith again. Give Dennis Smith another chance, but put him put him out there with a chance to succeed. You know, I thought the first time that Dennis Smith went in there, like he started playing one on one on one and was taking these fadeaways and I'm like, ugh, and it's just like <laughs> so gross. Uh I mean, I would think, you know, it's it's the first game. You only had four preseason games to really butts around with the the lineup. So now he's seeing like what is really gonna work together and i think you saw a lineup that could that could work really well with uh that third quarter unit you know peyton was out there starting in the second half it's him julius randall rj barrett marcus morris and for now in this case bobby portis yeah which uh, didn't really do much but yeah he he was really bad at certain times and then he was really just okay at certain times. I think he I works when you're running the fast break because he yeah. doesn't have to set up to anything. But then when he starts taking those threes and it's like, what? What are you yeah. doing? And, and he was missing a lot of those like little 10 foot jumpers and like one handed floaters and stuff. It's like, maybe it nerves. I don't know, but you got to hit those. 
Got it. Yeah, it, he was just having kind of a bad day. I, I, I mean, I you got to appreciate that he's still going for it. He's he's fighting out uh, there. Maybe a but, little rust. Uh, who knows? Yeah, yeah. It, it really didn't bother me too much. Like he didn't have did not have a good game, but for some reason he didn't like shoot. Us I wasn't out of that bothered. Anything. So yeah, it wasn't wasn't yeah. a huge deal. I think on the rankings of what bothered me the most, I would say Dennis Smith uh, was number one, and the. Fisdale start of Alonzo Trier was number two because I, I just as I said he just seems like he's that guy that you love coming off the bench the high energy yeah that's what he shot, was last get year get you a couple and... buckets I don't know why you mess with that and then you don't go back to him in the second half um you kind of you kind of just let that Morris Portis Barrett Randall uh Peyton lineup play for most of the game and it was working. But then they got kind of gassed. Peyton got in foul trouble. Morris, I think, was gassed also. And just it wasn't falling. And I think he was getting frustrated and just still kept going. Um, yeah, because I, I mean. I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about the coaching. I, I really, there were some good things. But I think overall, like, I know, Fizz, you're, you're going to figure things out. It's kind of a tryout. But you got to kind of, like, set the tone a little bit. We need some normalcy in New York. We how many different lineups have we seen in the last yeah, even played, before Fisdale got there? Like I New York fans need a little like he played like consistency, 12 guys. man. So it's like all right, you got that out of your system in game one. It's like, okay, establish yeah. a lineup now. Now I think you've seen which combinations are working and just play those guys. Don't and I say it all the time, but and you see it happen a lot in the league, is uh we gotta adjust to who we're playing. It's like no. We have these guys. Just play them. Let other teams adjust yeah. to just our to lineup yeah. and let them go. Because we have we, one thing we have going for us, with the exception of like maybe one or two guys, they got height, they got size, yep. you know, and they got size that can run. So it's you know just let that play play big. Agreed. And just let just let them roll, you know. And I liked. I was I was surprised seeing uh, Kevin Knox. Coming off the bench, like you were, you were talking high praise on this jumper, and I was like, "What are they talking about?" You know, but I saw it. And I was like, "You know, I, dude, I'm he's, telling he's you, right. <laughs> if you watch Knox when he just takes spot up jumpers, it is wet. Like it, it's you know those shots that go in and it's a swish, but it just kind of like falls through the hoop. Like you're almost like, did he airball that? Did it go in? Like it? I'm seeing some Novocaine, man. I'm, I, and. The completely different players. Don't get me wrong. I'm not ready to give him the belt yet. The the confidence that I have when Knox shoots a spot up three is just through the roof. Through the, I, I mean, love it. You were you had a lot of confidence. I was just like, where's where's this confidence coming from? And Kevin Knox's shot. I mean, it's it's always been you know pretty good. And you know that was one thing he worked on over the in the off season was was the shot and I was like okay I mean he hit what two in a row right I think it was like right after you were talking about it I was like okay maybe he's if he's open he's probably gonna hit it and that's what if that's what his game needs to turn into is just being that spot up shooter I am more than happy to let him do that represent the number 20 hit those jumpers please and thank you yeah and as you were saying in the beginning talking about you know Fizz putting Trier in there because we don't really have a pure shooter in the starting lineup uh, who can just knock down shots. This is where Knox can really fit 
that missing piece to the Knicks lineup because I think that's one thing we have length, we have size, a lot of guys who can you know bully their way to the basket. Um, R.J. Barrett, for example, who I cannot wait to talk about, uh, and Knox really can fit that need. And I think eventually Knox will be able to start getting to the basket more and making layups more consistently. But as you see, and he did the same thing last year, and it hasn't really gotten better from what I've seen, is that he goes to the basket and he still doesn't have that strength to go directly to the basket. He's still kind of fading, and it's these weird layups launching him at the backboard at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, I don't know if it's like um, he's afraid to get hit or something, but and yeah, and he's a big guy. It's like go in and take it strong to the rim and... There was one fast break where he's going and he just goes full speed ahead at the basket, no real move. And then it's like the easiest charge call when you have a three on two fast break, you know, and of course, Clyde calling the game saying, Knox, if he's backing up towards the basket, you got to pop up, up, pull up that jumper, man. (laughs) Stop and pop. I wish they could get those earpieces in. Just listen to Clyde. (laughs) Uh, He, that guy knows how to call a game. Uh I think Breen actually had a little uh, a little cold going on, but uh, he he fought through. Wasn't it was, a hundred percent, but yeah, he's, he he could he didn't, they didn't let us down. Um, but I like I think the the highlights of the, so the three major pieces in the off season that are out there are Julius Randle, Marcus Morris, R.J. Barrett. Yeah, that's your that's your the front big court. three, and. I mean, they didn't. I wouldn't say they they didn't disappoint. Each each dropped twenty, which was pretty impressive. But I don't know. I think I think it happened. What we were talking about with Marcus Morris and the thing is, yeah. like the thing is, he was hitting shots. It's just, it's just like you're not totally comfortable with him doing it so much. But he was hitting them. He was consistently hitting these jumpers. He was the only one that Well, in the, in the beginning of the game, In the beginning, yeah. And then when it came down to crunch time in the fourth quarter, he's like... I, I, would, I would argue the second half, he was terrible. He's like, oh, well, I got I to gotta take over. I got to do this. But like, that's not your game, man. No, no. Like, as we said, you want to see Marcus Morris be the leader in the sense of knowing, feeling the team, knowing when to get involved and... He seems a little bit like a hothead. That technical, I did not like. Uh, he did come down and got an N one, so he kind of made up for it, I guess you can say. Uh, it just felt like unnecessary. Sometimes you like when someone gets a technical, gets the team fired up. Didn't seem like the right time. Yeah. It was also not a foul that he got called on, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's he, true. He had a, he had a beef, but you gotta. It wasn't even a lot that he did, so that's yeah. But you so you know that the refs are looking to to call thing like they're you know they. At the start of the season, their points of emphasis, they're always looking for, you know, respect for the game. They're always yeah. looking for something to, to call you on. So it's like, eh, not a huge deal. But, and like I said, it didn't yeah. didn't bite us too badly because he made up for it. But he's yeah, he's not the guy I want running right. the show down and the stretch. I will say, I think Marcus Morris is a little more talented than I they previously gave him credit for. So I like the talent. I like the piece. I like the attitude. I like all of it. What I don't like is the way he plays sometimes and tries to kind of put the team on his back. 
and I think he just needs to work on getting the team more involved. I mean, he had one assist. Plus minus. He had the, the largest minus of the team, minus 15. I like to look at plus minuses, man. I'm a, I'm a plus minus guy. When you're on the floor, how does your team do? Uh, it Sometimes it's taken out of context, and I get that, but... You know, look at Randall. Randall Randall just seems like a solid guy who's always going to give you, like, he's going to be a double-double machine all year. 25-11, six assists, three steals. And I think they didn't even use him to his greatest potential last night. Like, they didn't run yeah. a lot of stuff through him, which is, I think he, is what they need to do, is they needed to I, run the offense through him and R.J. Barrett. Well, here's the thing, too. Randall took 18 shots. That that's pretty good. That's that's a lot of shots. So I think it was a very quiet night for Randall, but quiet and efficient. Like you kind of you kind of forgot about him. I mean, the two guys that I felt like were taking the most shots by far were Morris and Barrett. Barrett, I love you, dude. You, it is unbelievable that this guy is 19 years old. And Clyde and Breen were saying it. It is just truly amazing how when he wants to get to the basket. He's going to get to the basket. He's going to get to the rim whenever he wants to. And And he is great around the rim. Ambidextrous, just looking absolutely great, looking like a vet out there. Um, And in that run that San Antonio had, they went completely away from RJ. I was pissed at the team on the floor, and that's where I get pissed at Fizdale, where it's like, call a timeout, man. You can't let an 18-0 run happen with what? I think he might have called one timeout in between that. You got to see that coming, call a timeout, and be like, Listen, Morris, like you got to get RJ involved. This guy's scoring at will. Nine for 13. And just to, and nobody, unbelievable. nobody would take it to the basket. It's like everyone's hanging out outside the three point line and they're chucking up threes. Morris, Portis, uh, Randall, they're all just like hoisting up threes. Why? Why? You had the lead. You had the lead. Just they're playing. And, and this has been the thing for Nick teams for yep. several years. They're playing not to lose yeah. instead of playing to win. And it's like, just keep doing what you were doing. Go to the basket. Get the foul call. Because it happened the last three minutes where they finally start attacking the rim, and then you get the foul it, calls. And get to the free It's like they're down, they're down 10 points. So they lose their lead. Then they go down 10 points. And all of a sudden, oh, guys, there's like, two and a half minutes left. Let's start bulb. playing the way we were playing all game. Like. And for me, that's coaching. That's coaching. That's, yeah, it's all coaching, and this is where I'm putting the pressure on Fizz. I like you, Fizzdale. I was texting my buddy right before the game, and he's like, I like Fizz. And I'm like, you know what? I like Fizz too, but I don't love him. <laughs> and it's stuff like this where he – every interview, he's always talking about how he's putting pressure on the players, on them to get the Ws, to get out there and compete, and he's not announcing starting lineups because you got to earn it, this, that, and the other thing. You know what? You got to earn being a coach in the NBA and a good coach in the NBA. And when it comes to young kids, these little spells at the end of the fourth quarter where, like you said, they're playing not to lose. The Knicks forced 21 turnovers. 16 I would look, steals in a game, which yeah, doesn't and happen. Didn't. During that stretch, I don't have the number, but I don't think they had one steal in that whole stretch. They started walking the ball up. The defense was bad. Morris is playing one-on-one basketball. Then, you know, the fouls start piling up. And then, yeah, that Peyton for Frank move comes in. And then it was just kind of like he didn't want to take everyone else out because they were doing well. And he just puts in Frank. But I was kind of thinking maybe getting a B squad for a little bit, 
get those guys they they got full energy, let the other guys rest, call some timeouts. Like you got a coach. This is a young team that we want to overperform because yes, the Knicks have much better talent, but they're still usually they usually don't have as much talent as the teams they're going to play. Use your depth, use your coaching. We should we, the Knicks should have won this game. And they have to just it's they were right there. It's coming down to just they got to learn how to win. And it's not every team knows how to do that right away. It's all like, yes, it's nine new guys. They got to figure yes. out how to play together. And you, and you saw spells of who's, which guys are going to gel together. And you just got to let that ride. You know, foul trouble comes into play sometimes, but you got to just, you know, know when to pull the plug on certain guys. And which you did see Fisdale do, which we appreciate. You know, certain guys, they weren't showing up, pull them out, let the other guys go. And, but it's just like, you know, keep the ball moving. Yeah. Don't, don't let it stick. Go to the basket. You know, if the refs they, aren't helping you, force their hand, you know, just like drive to the rim. Yeah. RJ, can, like you say, can go up. If he's going to his left, you're not stopping him. Julius, if he's, right. if he's getting the ball 10 feet out, you're not stopping him. It's like, there's easy ways to, to get a bucket and, it's like, what, like, Fizz, what are you telling them? That, or are they yeah. just not listening to you? Do they, like, and that's going to pose an even bigger problem later on if they're not respecting the coach and they're not listening to what he's doing. And we will kind of come back to it. It's a point we keep making. It's a point we made before the season. It felt like as the game got closer to the end, everyone starts to tighten up and everyone feels like, okay, I'm going to be the guy. And that's, I think, Rand- specifically, I put a lot of that on Randall and Morris, where they were holding the ball, taking some bad shots, and RJ didn't touch the ball during that whole run. RJ wasn't even touching the ball in the offense, and it was driving me nuts. This guy is just, he's, because when he's driving to the hoop too, he's, he's attracting like two to three guys where he could then dish. I mean, Barrett's got some passing skills too. I know he only had two assists, but... I just when the ball was in his hands, he makes things happen. Morris as a one-on-one player, it's whatever. And that, Randall at the top of the key, right? yeah, shake it and bacon at the top of the key. Randall, I think it was at the end of the, I want to say first half or third quarter, where it was like you know ten seconds left, and we got holding it for the last shot. And I'm just watching Randall at the top, Turn dribbling the through over. his legs, and you're like, we got to run plays and. Another thing I saw I didn't like was, yeah, we were talking about ball movement. That's when it was going. We were out in transition. But when the Knicks are running plays, you see a lot of guys on each side standing at the wings, just standing there. Make the defense work. Set screens for each other. Make That's the most annoying thing is that when you're playing defense and your guy keeps moving and you have to chase his ass around, that's why the Warriors are so annoying and have been able – to build such a great team. Step guarding Steph Curry and Klay Thompson off the ball is one of the most frustrating things to an NBA player because they don't stop. And then you're banging bodies. You have to run by, you want to run into Julius Randall setting a screen down low every time on the court. After three minutes on the court, you're exhausted. You're bruised. Just watching Knox, just stand there on the uh, outside the three point line in the corner. You have two extra defenders, the sidelines. It is the easiest thing for a defender. You catch your breath. You're feeling good. Next thing you know, it's an 18-0 run. 
It's that simple, people. Ooh, man. Coach Talbot, you know, it's... Oh, that one got me going a little bit. <laughs> X's and O's, um, it's easy. Uh, but overall, I like... There were a lot of flashes that we like. Uh, we're very happy about RJ. Randall's very consistent. Morris, we're putting a lot of pressure on you. Really sucks that Mitch couldn't play. I'd be curious I think to that see helped. now... They go up against the Nets on Friday. Yes. How that matchup is going to go. Because in... in I watched a little bit of the game last night, Nets and the T-Wolves. I saw some highlights. I, was, I saw I that Kyrie drop back 50. And forth. I saw that last play. Uh, that would have been wild if that went in. <laughs> I, I, was, I was sitting there, fingers crossed, like, he don't hit this shot. Like, I wanted them. I'm happy they lost. I'll yeah, say that much. And, <laughs> you know, and, and listening to Richard Jefferson call those games is Oof. awful. But, is Ryan Rucco doing the games, too? Uh... The, uh, I don't know. It's 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 RJ and some woman and then another guy. I don't know. I don't, I don't follow them close enough to know these things. But I was just like, oh my god, you know, this is gonna be their season. You know, Kyrie's gonna have to be scoring over forty points a game, and yeah. everyone's like, oh well, you know, they're kind of like uh, that's why people liked them and the Clippers because they already have like an established team. And then, you know, they got good players around. I was like, yeah, but none of them are going to do anything because Kyrie is going to take over the whole game. That's what he's going to keep doing. And I get it. You know, he was hot, but that's how he always plays. It's going to be like when he was on Cleveland and he was scoring 30, 40 points a game, but they were still losing. And if that's how they want to play, that's how they got to play. I don't (laughs) care. I I love how fired up you get about the Nets and your your hatred. Uh, is it because you're from Brooklyn and they come in and now they're the Brooklyn Nets? Because you never – I mean, the New Jersey Nets. Yeah, like, I didn't care about no the New cares. Jersey Nets. But <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn's where I'm from. You know, That's where I grew up. And now you got this team coming in. And the thing is, ever since they've been in Brooklyn, <laughs> they've been trying to make splash. Everyone's like, oh, you know, they've been building something. The Knicks are always trying to, yeah. you know – take the easy way out. The Nets have been doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, as soon as they come in, they get Jason Kidd as a coach. They bring in Joe Johnson. They bring in Paul yeah. Pierce the Paul and Kevin Pierce, Garnett. Carnet they made one of the yeah. worst trades in NBA history. And that I think get, losing D'Angelo Russell to bring in uh an aging Kyrie yeah, and then, is not then they they try to do I would want to do. They yeah. try to do it the right way and like build a young squad and then they do it again. They bring in these two guys is it going to work? I don't think so. Yeah. And for, for Kevin Durant to say that the Nets are the cool team, when they introduce <laughs> them, they introduce them, they like had this thing and they bring out Kyrie and Kevin. Not a sound in yeah. that arena. Um, maybe it's just bad acoustics in there. I've been in there once. It's yeah. not great. But you can hear, like, he's strutting out there. He looks like he doesn't want to be there. He's like, oh, oh, they call my name. All right, I guess I'll run out. He's probably thinking about who he's going to troll on Twitter next. Like, these Nets fans, they, you know, it's an, it's an exciting game. <laughs> you can get that kind of reaction out of a crowd, even if you're in Phoenix and it's a close game. You know, fans are going to make some noise. But this isn't going to be an everyday thing. And the Knicks are coming to town on Friday. And that whole arena is going to be blue and orange. I will tell you that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be that. I expect it to be at the very least 50-50. I mean, this is... Um, I mean, which is embarrassing for a home team. Yeah, the Knicks' like, home opener isn't until the next night, but this is pretty much a home opener for them, too. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I expect a lot of Nick fans uh, to be there. I'm upset that uh, I can't go. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be in town for it. But it's. I'll, I'll be watching and I'll be paying attention. I'll be ready to hate on them if uh, the the Nick fans are gonna show up. And I'm here for it. I love it. And if they I win, if it. the Knicks win that game, if RJ has a coming out party against Kyrie, ooh, watch out. I want I want him staring down KD and Kyrie. <laughs> I want I want that kind of attitude out there. I'm getting I'm, too, I'm fired so, up. Right now. Too, I'm, all right, I'm all right. right. <laughs> so speaking of the Brooklyn Nets, another thing we wanted to do. Uh, I know we're two days into the season, but what we like to do before the season starts is to give our predictions of who are going to be this year's playoffs team, playoff teams. So with the Brooklyn Nets, I'd like to start, if you don't mind, with the Eastern Conference. It's, and, and as doing this exercise, it's kind of hard to really guess, you know, the one through eight. But it, for me, this is more of a collective what are the eight teams going to be. Um, and I think simple enough, my top four, I got Milwaukee and Philly as my one, two. Um, and keep in mind too, this is like regular season wins too, you know? So just because a team finishes third, I don't necessarily think they're the third best team in the East, but I do think Philly, uh, and Milwaukee will be your one and two. I expect Milwaukee still to be the number one team. I think Giannis, he's built for the regular season, man. Uh, that Bucks team. Then you got, I'm going to have to go here. This is where it gets dicey. After the one, two, you could really go any direction. Um, I like, I like the Raptors to sneaky come up there and finish in that three, four spot. And I think it's going to be them and the Indiana Pacers. I still like the Pacers. Old Depot. I want to see how he plays, but I like the Pacers team. Then we got the Boston Celtics rounding out at five. <sighs> this is another six, seven, eight. I like the Pistons to finish in there. Detroit represent the Brooklyn Nets. I still think we'll make the playoffs just because the East is garbage, but they could be six or seven. And finally, the eighth spot, this could, this is another, this could be anyone. I'll probably take the Miami Heat, um, and they can finish pretty high too as well. But th those are rounding it out. I, I really don't see, I think, I don't see many surprises uh, from last year. You know, I Wizards, Bulls, uh, Cleveland, uh, Atlanta Hawks, the Hornets. I just don't really see any of these teams really taking that much of a jump. Um, but I think my biggest surprise in the Eastern Conference, I think, will be the Toronto Rapper, Raptors without Kawhi still finishing better. I I, I, I trashed on them a lot last though? year. Um, and I, I like what they're doing. I, I just I think they got a they got a good team. I don't know what's going on in Toronto, man, but like everyone loves being there. They're just a happy go lucky team. And I think the East kind of sucks. So, yeah, Siakam. OK, Marcus Okay, Van Fleet dropping thirty four in the oh, first well, game. Friday, he's let's let's go. Yeah, let's go Raptors. Party last year. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't think it's that big of a surprise that they're going to be good this year. Like, I would have them. I still, I would put if I'm going in order, I'd go Philly one, 
uh, Milwaukee two, and Toronto three. And yeah, same. I don't like. I don't think it's crazy to think like Toronto is a good team. Like even before Kawhi got there, they were still a good. They were the top seed in the East. Yeah. And you know, just good coaching. They got good, solid guys. Uh, they're going to be a tough out, and I, uh, I feel, yeah, I feel pretty good that they're going to be definitely in the top four. I don't know that they'll win. I mean, that would be saying that they win the division. I think Boston could have a shot at doing yeah. that. I think Boston might be, might be number four. I put them at four, and then. You know who I'd actually put up pretty high is I think the Heat are actually going to do pretty yeah. well. I hate to say it, but I think they'll be higher than than people think. You know, like they're always they're the sneaky team. I think like That's you say fair. Toronto's the sneaky. I think Miami's always that sneaky team. And That's fair. Jimmy Buckets is going to be big game one win out there. Uh, you know they they'll have just a lot of they have a lot of guys that are they're pretty good pretty good players and they got good coaching. I've come around on. Spolstra, you know, I hated on him for a long time because I figured it was just LeBron coaching. <laughs> you just hate team. LeBron, yeah. And <laughs> well, LeBron didn't really let him coach, but yeah. But now <laughs> put a little respect on his name, and sure. I think they're going to be. I think that's your your top five. Then I forget about I forgot about the Pacers. I feel like the Pacers yeah. and the Magic are going to be. Ooh, Magic. Okay, a lot of people six and seven, and and Detroit. So that's six, seven, eight. I would give. I love that. I would give yeah Indiana, so, Orlando, yeah. Detroit. <laughs> so you there's a there's a particular team there that you left off uh, out of the playoffs this year. Did I? Did I really? <laughs> uh, I like that. That I I'd like to chalk that up as a bold prediction. Uh, we got to work on a sound effect for bold prediction. <laughs> it's kind uh, of that, bold. Yeah. it's a little bold. I think if I were to have it's one still pretty team... bold. I mean. Brooklyn was a playoff team last year. Obviously, they had, you know, D'Angelo Russell, and now you replace that with Kyrie Irving. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. They still a, should be a playoff team. I'm but, making a hot take, hey, and I'm saying I don't think they're going to make it. They might be, like, totally fine. a game or two out. And say it comes down to those final few games, and they got to beat the Knicks to get into the yeah. playoffs, and they can't do it. I'd love I, nothing I w- more. I would have to say I do still think Brooklyn will make the playoffs. If I had to pull a switch surprise – um, I've lived in Detroit for a while now. The Pistons are always so, so capable of blowing it. So I could see them getting the nine seed and you could see a team like Orlando. Yeah, I'd probably, that would be my switch. An Orlando uh, Pistons switch to make the playoffs. I could see them fighting for that eight spot. Yeah, I forgot Orlando was in the playoffs last year. And yeah, you know, they, they've always God, just East. been like a solid, not solid, yeah. Pretty so let, let's kick it right over to the West. Uh, it's just so funny the the disparity between these two <laughs> these two conferences, and this is why I continue to say the East is just garbage. Because, like, after we let me before we f- go through our one through eight, let me honestly ask you if let's say the Bucks, who we're both like saying they're going to be one or two, or let, or even the Sixers, sure, or even better, let let's use the Raptors as an example, who we both think are going to. I could say overachieve and be a, a potential three or four spot in the East. Where do you think the Raptors would finish in, in the West if they played in the Western Conference? They're not making the playoffs. I think that's, they'd, that's the be, answer. they'd be like 
the yeah. tenth or eleventh team. Yeah, in the in the West, which is in kind the West. of insane. How could, yeah, that just <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about how good the West is. Uh, all right, West for me. When it comes to regular season, I got the Houston Rockets number one. I think uh, they're just built for great regular season team. That does not necessarily mean I think they're going to win at all. I think they could. Clippers two. The Golden State Warriors, number three. Wow. Okay. That's. I still love Golden State. That's a bold prediction, I'd say. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I mean, they lost Durant. I get that, but before Durant was there, like, they were wins. still pretty good. Uh, <laughs> so, the whole thing with Clay Thompson not coming back, yeah, that worries me. But I don't know backcourt of Steph and D'Angelo Russell, and they still got Draymond and. You know, they got Cole East on there. I, re- I really like Golden State. So I'm going to put Golden State three. Could see them as a four also, sure. Um, Portland, I still really like. I-, I think the Nuggets finishing in, you know, that two seed last year. I'm going to drop them down to five. I got the – and, yeah, I know I'm, I haven't mentioned the team yet. I got the Jazz at number six. And then I got the Los Angeles Lakers at number seven. And I'm going to give the San Antonio Spurs number eight. I just feel like Pop somehow it's is always get a his team they always to the playoffs. And uh, so it, it, I'm pretty safe with my picks. Nothing too bold other than I think maybe Golden State at three is a little too bold. <laughs> that might be up there. But I, I still, again, as a regular season team, I just really like them night in and night out. Uh, can win games, and I think the Nuggets dip a little bit. And I'm putting the Lakers at seven. I know they lost this. This was before they lost to the Clippers. I just when you look at this team outside of LeBron, Anthony Davis, and then Danny Green, I just don't like the Lakers team at all. I don't see Anthony Davis or LeBron each playing 82 games. When it comes to the regular season and banging in the West, it's gonna be hard to get for them to get a good seed in the West. So I still think obviously they're good enough to make the playoffs, but I just, this idea that they're going to win the West. I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't buy, I, I don't also, buy it at all. I also just want to say one more thing before you give your eight. The Lakers are, are a mess because you look at, look at Lonzo ball. And just watching him play in New Orleans. I don't know if you got to watch a little bit of the game. D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram. All these, they make good draft picks that are guys that are starting to grow in the NBA. They're starting to become men. They're not kids anymore. They're getting in their 20s and you can see the progression. It just would have been so cool if they would have just stayed the course and kept all of their draft picks. I mean, it's not, um, or at it least then made some like trades a, instead of a team yeah, in the Eastern Conference, too. Instead, you give, you give away everybody. And all for LeBron. And now Anthony Davis, who could leave at any moment, got some injury history. And then you have nobody else yet. I mean, you have Danny Green and Rondo. I mean, I was in like high school when Rondo was good. Uh, I mean, Rondo's yeah, not he even still playing. Play, He's but, not even playing. Well, I didn't, I, I didn't realize I he was he was out. I think what he like jammed his finger or something like that, or broke his finger. It's but it's when these these kind of super team type things when you form with a bunch of guys towards the end of their career, it just never seems to really work out as well. And no, Anthony Davis is like kind of in his prime now, but 
I love Anthony Davis and he's a great player, but... And that was the thing with the Lakers was you had all these young guys and the whole way that you should have built that team was... And, the, and they talked about it a lot was keep them because LeBron's at the end of his career. Exactly. Anthony Davis is in his prime now, but he should be the one that's going to get the torch after LeBron's gone. But then you still had all those young guys. Yeah. And to give them all up for one guy and then just build out a bunch of scrubs on the outside. They're 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 built to win now, but I don't think they're going to win now. Everyone's they're like built oh, to win right this they have to win they have to right win it this, this year or but I don't think, it's not going to happen. But outside of Le- and it's, I guess this is a weird statement to say outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis, like who are two of like the best players in the world, they're not very they're not good. that good. And and in in LeBron's career, he's been a terrible GM. The guys that the pieces they got around him in Cleveland and the pieces around them in Miami. Yes, they won championships. I get that. But LeBron was also the king of the NBA. And while I still love LeBron and I think he's great, I don't think he's the best player in the NBA anymore. Not anymore, no. And there's a lot of good players in the NBA. He's up there with the best players, but he is not the guy who just dominates every single game. And you kind of saw it in game one, and I think you're gonna see it throughout the season where I don't know. The Lakers could be in trouble. I'm curious to see where you uh, where you have them. So, I, I I I agree. I think Houston is they've always been built for the regular season. They're gonna have the most wins. They'll be the top seed in the West. Interesting. I will then go Clippers at number yep. two. Same. There's I heard I heard a couple people say this and. I'm not sure if I agree, but I get it with the Nuggets and the Jazz. Friend of the show, Roger Fish, called, uh, <laughs> he picked Denver and Utah to be the top two in the West. Does he Roger said, he some crazy NBA things. Basketball? We know, we love him, but he says some crazy things sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it could, but, sure. But could it happen? Yeah. I, oh, uh, maybe. I, I, gotta, I gotta talk to Raj. And so I would actually put. I would actually then put Denver at number three. Sure. And that's absolutely fair. Portland at number four. Portland's always hanging around that top four. You never talk yep. about them. And then you're, everyone seems surprised that they're regular season in the top. Team. They're yeah. a good regular season team. And they made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. Can't discount that. So you got Dame always at the top of his game. CJ, uh, I don't remember who else is on the team, but yeah, the, the, all you they need signed the, Whiteside. All you yeah. need is those two guys, and you're you're feeling pretty good. So at number five, I think that's where I'd throw Utah. That'd be a good yep. four or five matchup. Yep. Golden State, I think, is going to be that six. They're going to be in that six seven range. Okay. And I feel you know, and, so you got, but yeah. I only say that because. They're gonna be play- They're gonna know they're gonna make the playoffs, and then they're gonna make a run in the playoffs. They would be my dark horse to make it to sure. the Western Finals, like especially said, if Clay comes back. Exactly. Like you kind of hope he comes back. You cannot the discount the this season. Team. Yeah. And like you said, they won seventy three games without KD. They're well coached. They still got guys that are ready to play. Steph is gonna be back to play- playing like Steph of four years ago, and I'm. Can't wait to see that. Love to see that. And then, what do I, what do I have that? What is that, six? Yeah, you got two Seven. 
seven. Right, se- seven. I'll right. give. I'll give you uh, San Antonio. Okay. And who didn't look very good, by the way, uh, against the Knicks. Yeah, but they're you know like I feel like they'll it's round pop. up the form. They'll yeah. win fifty games, and that'll get them Ooh. in. But eh, maybe like forty-five. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I feel like four through eight is going to be separated by like two games. Yeah, and the whole West, everyone is like one game apart. Usually, the three seed and the eight seed. It's going to shuffle up so apart. much. Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to make a bold. I'm going to make a bold pick right now. Who's going to take the eighth spot? Dallas. And I'm leaving. And, 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 and it pains me to say it. I hate to say it. But, man, I think Luka is going to be at another level this year. And even if, if KP yeah. goes down, I'm not going to be upset. But I think the Lakers... Not, I, think, I don't like that pick. I think the I, Lakers don't make the playoffs. I, because... I think you're a little crazy. I honestly think you're a little crazy. Yeah, sometimes. The Lakers aren't going to make the playoffs. If injuries get in the way and something, you know, like for sure, I think one sprained ankle away from missing the playoffs. And I think that's what's in the back of my head is the Lakers are one injury away from being nowhere. And Um, and, and, and AD's not going to be able to carry that team by himself. LeBron's not going to be able to carry that team by himself. And if one of them goes down for any stretch of games, that's their yeah, season. Trouble. And I am more confident that there will be an injury than there won't be. Now, I thought you were going to say a team like the Sacramento, Sacramento Kings. Kings. That's my other wild card. Um, or, you know, I, I, I think the Dallas pick, as much as I want them to fail uh, in all facets of the game, because I hate them, and I uh, am not a fan of Christoph Porzingis anymore. Um, I hate him. I hate his family, um, his brother. I wish nothing but bad luck um, for all of the years to come of your life. Um, no injuries, nothing too bad. But no, you know, I, even the Pelicans. I'm hearing, I'm hearing talk of the Pelicans sneaking a playoff spot. I, I, I don't know. The, the Dallas Mavericks. I just think outside of KP and Luca are not very good. And as much fun as those guys are to watch, I don't see it. I don't. I don't see a playoff run. And yeah, KP Health coming back. Yeah, I mean, is it, he gonna play eighty two games? It, he's definitely not um, playing eighty two games. They already said yeah. that. But it hurts me. It hurt me to yeah. to say it. And I was like, oh, you know, they might actually be kind of good this year. But you do have those. They have those sneaky teams of. I'd say it's Dallas, New Orleans, and Sacramento are the three wild cards for that eighth spot. And I mean, sure. yeah, the Lakers, eh, you know, maybe, but Timberwolves can even make a, you know, you know Thibodeau t- over t- there. Towns is looking, sneaky. Towns is looking good. And I was, I don't even yeah. know who the Timberwolves coach is right now. I forget who he is, but this is young looking guy. I saw him last night, but mm-hmm. Towns threw up. I think he was seven for 11 from downtown last night, which is insane. This guy, he does a jump. He just he's hitting step back launches for threes. He had as many threes as Kyrie, which is kind of crazy. And Wiggins, if he decides that he wants to play basketball again, and you know Teague is still like a reliable mm-hmm. guy out there, they got they got a decent team. They could. Yeah. I don't know the West. The West. The West there's, there's so many the, question and, marks in the West. Who and knows? I will say this too. I know every year we're so used to the Phoenix Suns coming in last. But I think this year Oklahoma City and Memphis are worse, 
and watch out for the Phoenix Suns, man. They just they just waxed the Sacramento Kings, and this could be a year where finally, like the young guy, like you know, a little trust the process where they're gonna make a little bit of a jump. They have to because they've always been the worst. Uh, so like but, a jump from to what twenty five wins? Um. Could they break I can see 30? them winning over 30 games. Ooh. I can see them winning 30 plus games. Okay. So is this the so it's like this the year the Knicks and the Suns finally aren't the worst teams? Oh well, no, no, no. The Knicks could absolutely be the worst team by season's end. I think that's absolutely possible. Uh whew. well, there you have it, folks. We've been swishing and dishing all morning. Uh, Clyde was on his on his game. Just to get back to the Knicks a little bit. You love Braden that. Clyde, you love that wizard. That was probably the highlight of the game. R.J. Barrett really made me uh, feel nice and warm inside. I might get and, a jersey. Uh, I, don't know. I I I like those jerseys. The they were playing it. Yeah, I, I kind of like did you, did you hear Clyde? It, 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 hey, just, Mike. What are these jerseys? These jerseys look a little different. <laughs> What's going on here? It's like Clyde. Where have you been? <laughs> but he was like, honestly, he's like statement jerseys. What does that mean? And What's, he's just like. I gotta be honest, Clyde. I have no idea. <laughs> not, what kind of statement are they making? I don't know. What's going on? I'm waiting for it. Uh, but I might, oh, I man. might pick one up. I kind of like, uh, I kind of like them. I might, I might try to go to the game on Monday. They play the Bulls. That's a safe bet for for a win. Maybe I don't know. It, There's no safe. I think it would be a competitive Listen, game. Not gonna say every. Not there is no, There's no safe bet. There, there is no team in the NBA that the Knicks are much better than. And there's not going to be one easy win all season. But at the same time, after watching the first game, I can see the Knicks competing be competitive. in each and every game. They have enough talent to be competitive no matter who they're playing, um, especially if they're at full health and if Fizz has his game face on. And I think, I think the Bulls will be a competitive game. They're two mediocre teams playing. Sure, sure. I think it could be so. I'm willing to go. Yeah, I'm willing yeah. to go. The Bulls, to that yeah, of course. Uh, they play it's, Boston it's, it's on the Saturdays. Not yeah, but Brooklyn then Boston and then. Eh, you got, so we you can got see got some wins. We hope we hope that we can get a, a win at least uh, Friday night. I think we're all that's the one we want. Honestly, if they can lose every game but win Friday night, I'd, I'd, I'd be a I'd happy, be happy guy. So uh, we'll come. We'll have a, a a little bit more of a sampling next week. We'll talk. Yeah, we can look at I, the schedule and see, like you know, like what because we talked about it briefly, off off wax, and we could have we could have some wins. We could have a couple wins. So off wax. Okay. Uh, I love that. I like that. One. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I. I think we're going to see a lot of the same thing. I think, I think that first game, we didn't predict a lot of that stuff for nothing. You know, we, we kind of already started to see it in preseason. Fizz was playing those guys. So just, just hope we see, happens, you know, it's one game. continue to see some flashes. It's just one game. I, I, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about a lot of the same stuff, but Hey, go Knicks. Uh, Yeah. This has been episode 23 of Let's Talk Knicks. We'll talk to you next time.